Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Dare to Dream Bigger, the inside work podcast for entrepreneurs, small business owners and passionate world changers. I'm your host, Claire Yosa, and today I want to talk to you about the hidden dangers of asking for feedback, aka how to pick up the pieces of your shattered self-esteem. If you've ever been in a position where somebody's given you some feedback and it really hurt and knocked you for six, today's episode is not to be missed. Welcome. So it's been quite a roller coaster of a few weeks with I've got an episode coming for you soon on the two kinds of resilience and which one we really ought to be using and which one most of us are accidentally choosing. But before that, I've had two types of feedback in the last couple of weeks, both of which I hadn't asked for. And sometimes that's where real gems come from. One knocked me for six, completely and utterly. The other, I was feeling so fragile after the knock for six, I didn't want to read it when it came in the post, but it gave me useful and actionable insights. Now, I used to be head of market research at Dyson many years ago before my entrepreneurial days. So feedback, research, listening to my customer was my bread and butter. It's what paid my salary and it's what developed the products. So it's in my blood. I've run focus groups. I've run $100,000 research programs. I know how to ask for feedback. And it can be hugely useful to your business. It can help you to prevent mistakes or learn from them if you've already made them. It can help you to improve your product or your service by preempting pitfalls and finding solutions before people fall over. You know, there's something in the NLP training world that says if it's possible to misunderstand an instruction, somebody in your training group will. The same goes for clients and feedback can help you with that. It can improve the conversion rate of your sales pages by allowing you to spot and pre-address common concerns or objections. It can allow you to phrase benefits in ways that really solicit an emotional response from your readers or your clients and your customers, helping you to connect with them more deeply. It can help you to create the products your dream audience really wants rather than the ones you think they need even if you're right. (laughs) More on that in another episode. And it can also help you to predict and get ahead of future trends. So asking for feedback, doing research with your customers, your clients, your dream audience can be absolutely potent for growing your business. But there are times when it can really carry risks. You see, nobody trains people in how to give feedback or at least not many people, yeah? And sometimes you find the people most likely to give feedback are those who are already pretty peed off and they might not even be peed off with you. They might have just had a row with their significant other, been stuck in heavy traffic. They come into work, see your newsletter and sure enough, what comes back to you is a rant rather than a thank you. So some of the risks of asking for feedback is it can trash your confidence It can do what it did for me last week. It can knock you for six. It can make you doubt your ability to read yourself and how people are responding to you or your product and services. The other really big risk is you can change your products for the wrong person because the people most likely to complain are not likely to be complaining because your product is terrible because I'm praying it's not, yeah? (laughs) They're more likely to complain because they weren't a good fit. And if they weren't a good fit for your product, 
then changing it to please them is not going to help you with your ideal client. It can cause you to stop trusting your instincts, both on product development and, as I said already, on your own self-awareness. And it often says more about them than about you. Particularly the more aggressive the feedback and the more irrational it seems, the less likely it is to be about you. Because frankly, if you would Yeah, if you were lined up to be on the receiving end of that kind of feedback, I'm guessing you'd know in advance that you'd done something wrong. And at the deepest level, it risks you changing who you really are to please somebody who is potentially unpleasable. So if you've been hanging around for me with me for a while, you'll know that I co-led the EU VAT action campaign from 2014 onwards to get the European law changed on the place of supply for digital goods. If that means nothing to you, euvataction.org. My partner in campaigning was Juliet McKenna, and we're still working together because the campaign's still running. She writes science fiction and fantasy novels and has sold over a million books. I mean, she's a pretty cool dude, Juliet. She's also a third Dan in Aikido, so don't mess with her. Now, she has had her fair share of feedback from readers. And when I interviewed her for Dare to Dream Bigger, the inside work handbook for entrepreneurs and passionate world changers, she was telling me about how does she handle those one star reviews where people are saying, you know what? I liked this bit, but I didn't like that bit. And I hated the ending. And what you did to such and such a character wasn't fair. She said it used to really hurt until she realised it didn't mean the book was bad. It just meant that the story didn't work for that one reader. It didn't mean the story was flawed. It just means that person wanted something else from it. And you cannot please every reader. Seth Godin, another very prolific author, I got to ask him a question last year in Alison Jones's podcast interview. There's a link to it if you want to hear it in the show notes, um, clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 036. I asked Seth, how do you handle haters and trolls? And his response surprised me and Alison. He doesn't. He simply doesn't allow them to have access into his sphere. He doesn't read any reviews. He doesn't read the one stars. He doesn't get excited about the five stars. The way he sees it, you don't get the right to pick and choose. And that writing is its own reward because it means you get to move on and write the next book. So there's something I use with clients when they get feedback that hurts, which I call the woolly jumper test. Once you've got over the shock of the feedback, get grounded and try it on for size. If you take away the ego, the fear, the objections, the emotions and the drama, does this feedback really fit? And if the answer is yes, great. Well, what can I do about it? If the answer is no, then that woolly jumper doesn't belong to you. Just because it's been given to you, it doesn't mean you have to accept it. And remember, most people have never been taught how to give feedback. So here's how most people give feedback. You are rubbish. Okay, so firstly, I'm just picking that because it's a short example. So firstly, that's quite core identity level feedback. You are a rubbish person. Whereas actually, what can you do with that? I'm rubbish. Oh my goodness, how do I fix that? You're horrible. How do I fix that? What do I do? What did I do wrong? It just creates confusion and pain. Anything with R, am, 
to be in it in the feedback statement is identity level feedback. And it's how most of us give feedback. Oh, you are a good girl. You are a good boy. You are a naughty girl. You are a naughty boy. No, you're not. The behaviour was not ideal or was great in our judgment and opinion. But that says nothing about the person because a person is not the same as their identity. What you do is not the same as who you are. And most of the feedback we get from people comes at the you are level or your product was level or your service was. It's very rare that it's actually specific enough for us to be able to do something useful with. At the end of this podcast, go over to the show notes because I've got a treat for you. I've pulled together five questions from my time as head of market research which can help you. They're questions you can use to ask your clients that gives you feedback that makes you and them feel great, even if they need to give you feedback on what you need to improve. Do not miss that. Clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 036. It's there waiting for you as my gift. So the reason I felt inspired to create this podcast today is because I've been through some deep brown stuff in the last few weeks over feedback. So there's somebody I was paying for advice to help my business to grow. And it had been a big step for me to make that commitment. This person had been full of enthusiasm and telling me how awe-inspiring I was, which I'm not, it's identity level feedback, yeah, it's a behaviour thing that's more useful, telling me what they, you know, how great my work was and how thrilled they were to get to work with me. And then suddenly about two weeks ago, this person had a total character change. I still have no idea what triggered it. They gave me feedback at an identity level that didn't fit at all with how I saw myself. In fact, it shook my very foundations. Because if that feedback were true, then it meant I had been getting myself wrong for the 15 plus years that I've been running my business. So I knew, though, that it might just be my ego. In fact, this person, when I said, look, can you give me some examples, please, to help me understand? Because it had come through as you are feedback, yeah? Give me some behavioural examples. You see, I knew I might be wrong. And this person was telling me it was only my ego that needed the examples. So I took that deep breath and I tried it on for size and the woolly jumper didn't fit. But rather than dissing their opinion, I went back again. I wanted to be able to see myself through their eyes. And I took second opinions. I went to my mastermind group, who are a group of wonderful people. We meet up every couple of months and I know they pull no punches with feedback. If they think my business is heading in the wrong direction, they get the wet kipper out and slap me around the face in a very loving way over a cup of tea. I spoke to some of my recent clients. I spoke to some of my readers. I spoke to my husband And I connected with a couple of very blunt friends because we all need blunt friends sometimes. All of these people agreed that this person had been on the magic mushrooms or something. None of them could see in me what I was being accused of through this feedback. But I really wanted to see if there was something for me to fix, in quotes. I wanted to be able to see myself through this person's eyes because as the Zen masters say, The eye cannot see itself. So I kept going back to this person saying, look, you keep just repeating this feedback. Could you please give me even just one example 
of why you formed this, what you're calling professional opinion, because it doesn't sit with how I see myself and how others see me. The response, they just kept telling me that I, my masterminders, my friends, my readers, my client and my husband were all wrong and only they had the professional expertise to be right. And that might well have been true, but it didn't feel like it to me. And that woolly jumper was a really bad fit. So I kept as calm as I could going back and asking for behavioural feedback so I could see myself through their eyes. Their response was to start slinging mud. And in fact, it was surreal. This person demanded blind trust and was refusing to back up their opinion, their feedback with any examples or facts. And their recommendations of what I needed to do to grow my business were the exact opposite of what every instinct in my body told me we should be doing. But the problem was I'd listened to the feedback. I'd let that meme into my head where it fired off and triggered every button that I had ready to go on self-loathing, lack of self-esteem, on I'm a bad person, on nobody likes me, on I've just wasted 15 years running my business and I'm a complete failure. Every limiting belief and fear that was attached to that trigger fired off. I shed so many tears. My poor husband sat through so many evenings of me saying, but what if I am this horrible person that this person's describing? What if I am completely unable to relate with people and I need to be humanised, which is what the feedback was? It didn't matter how many people told me that the feedback was not accurate. I needed to believe it myself before I could set myself free. So what had happened? Well, I suspect that this person made a throwaway comment based on I don't know what, which when I challenged it, it caused the classic backfire effect. I write about that in detail, page 106 of Dare to Dream Bigger. If you've got the hardback copy, search backfire effect if you've got the Kindle. When we trigger the backfire effect and we either ask for evidence for someone to support their beliefs or we present counter counter evidence, then... Humans dig their heels in more deeply. (laughs) And in this situation, that particular person wasn't able to press pause and start to rebuild the relationship. They weren't ready to say, actually, I didn't mean it like that. And I can see that you need examples, so here they are. It was easier for them to crank up their attack weaponry and really take me down than to take a deep breath and rebuild our trust. And it all culminated in a thinly veiled rant about me, uh, my name not mentioned, but my words were used on their blog and social media while I was still their paying client. And then the whole passive aggressive spirituality thing, you know, the you alone are responsible for your reaction to my feedback. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. I had every right to give it. Well, yes, that's true. But it doesn't make the attacks okay especially if you keep them going long after someone's asked you to stop. This person clearly needed to vent their spleen and they were in denial about being in a very painful place because I cannot think of any other reason why they would treat a paying client the way they did. But at the end of the day, they were right. It was my responsibility that I allowed their feedback to knock me for six. So what have I done since? I've gone in and dealt with those triggers. I've dealt with the limiting beliefs that caused my entire sense of self-worth and who I am to be shaken by the feedback. And I'm ready to move on. 
because I know in my heart the woolly jumper didn't fit. There's a tweetable for you here. This one quote would have saved me a lot of aggro and pain in the last two weeks. It comes from Mansuk Patel, one of my meditation masters. Whether you love me or you hate me, my response is the same. So that's the mistake I made. I wanted this person to like me. I wanted them to see me as a nice person. The fact that everybody else did was irrelevant because I trusted this person's opinion. I was attached to somehow controlling how they felt about me, how they perceived me. I cared what they thought about me more than I cared about being who I really was. And I'm curious, have you ever experienced anything like this? where you've had a piece of feedback that's knocked you for six, you've asked to help understand it, and the person's just got more entrenched. How did you handle it? And looking back with what you know now, how might you handle it differently today? And if you've ever been through this, I've got a fantastic video training for you on how to ditch a limiting belief in under five minutes. You can find it on the show notes page, clareyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 036. It takes you through how to spot the limiting beliefs that mean that you've got triggers wide open for people to stamp on and how you can clear them out both at a surface level in your, if you're in a hurry and you don't have time for navel gazing and also how you can dive in more deeply. Now, this wasn't the first time that my fear of other people not liking me had got in the way. On an old business I used to run, I got some PR with an interview in a national newspaper. And the interview was pretty benign. It really wasn't very exciting. It was very beige. But the comments, this is 2008, yeah, trolls were active already. The comments were so bad, I had to ask the newspaper to close them down. It wasn't comments about anything I'd said. It was stories people were telling each other about everything from my sex life to how I was raising my children. And the topic of the interview had been seasonal food. It took me another seven years to be brave enough to get featured in the national press. (laughs) So when we were running the EU VAT campaign, I was speaking multiple times a week to the national press, newspapers, radio. um, I did TV stuff. I was interviewed across the world. And... The first few times I was absolutely terrified. How did I get round it? You know, I was terrified of what the comments were going to be about, whether it would troll us again. How did I get round it? Well, it was simple. Whenever one of us in the team was interviewed, we nominated another member of the team to read the article or, and if needed, respond to the comments. Without having realised it was Seth Godin's tactic, we did exactly that. So here's another tweetable for you. You can't be true to yourself while you're attached to what other people think about you. You can't be true to yourself while you're attached to what other people think about you. So here's how I get my head around this when I'm feeling strong and stable. (laughs) At the end of the day, there are some questions I can ask myself. Was I really me today? How might I do me differently tomorrow? Is my conscience clear? How might I fix that if it's not? And did I behave with kindness and compassion? That's what matters. And we're not perfect. If we ask ourselves those questions each day, there might be some days where we get it spot on and other days where we kind of go, yikes, that was not one of my best. Fine. 
Deep breath in, deep breath out, let it go. The next day is a clean start. So here's another tweetable for you. You can't control the stories other people are telling themselves about you. When you get this feedback, it often says more about the other person than about you. The Native American Indians have a beautiful saying, all criticism is born of someone else's pain. All criticism is born of someone else's pain. In other words, that criticism says more about them than about you. And the more pain somebody is in, the less likely they are to have the courage to look in the mirror and deal with it. And the more likely they are to want to deflect that pain onto somebody else to give them that release. And this sometimes means they will tell themselves stories in their heads on long winter evenings about what kind of person they think you are. And once they start those stories, they're setting up the neural pathways in the brain and very quickly they lose that, that sense of whether that story is real or not. They convince themselves on it. But you can't control the stories other people are telling you about themselves. You have to get to the stage where whether they love you or they hate you, as long as you've got a clear conscience at night and you know you acted with kindness and compassion and you were true to yourself, it's okay with you. So what's happened with that consultant I was working with? Well, unsurprisingly... Because their behaviour was getting more and more irrational and unprofessional, I've had to terminate the contract. It was only getting worse. And since I've told them we can no longer get together, it's actually gone quite crazy. But at least I'm in the process of setting myself free from their energy. And yes, I have gazed into that mirror to find whatever gems I could from their feedback. But at the end of the day, the woolly jumper didn't fit. It belonged to them, not to me. And now my job is to learn and grow from the experience, putting back the pieces of the new me from the bit that got blown apart by that episode and acceptance, forgiveness and cutting ties. And also on the show notes page, I've got a short training for you on exactly how to do that. Acceptance, forgiveness and cutting ties. You'll find it at the show notes for this, claireyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash 036. And there have been some real positives from this experience. I've got a lot closer to my husband. He said some really nice things to me, which is lovely. (laughs) And I trust my mastermind team even more deeply. And I've deepened some friendships with people I asked for feedback who helped me to turn my world back up the right way again. I'm feeling quite blessed. And funnily enough, when I was hitting the real dark spot on this, when I was truly doubting myself, I came across an interview Oprah did ages ago. And I wrote down her words for you because they resonate so deeply with this topic. So Oprah said, I had to do a clearing in my life of some people whose energy I realised was not supportive of who I wanted to be in the world. And I recognise that there are people who are not going to take responsibility for their energy. So I now have to take responsibility for the energy that I allow to be brought into my space. So the bottom line is you must make sure on your business journey that your dream team are your biggest cheerleaders. Yes, they need to have generous dollops of honest feedback when necessary, but that feedback needs to have the intention of building you up and helping you to become the best and closest version of who you really are rather than destroying you. If it's anyone in your support team who doesn't believe completely in you and your big mission or who's trying to bring you down, 
It's time for you to take responsibility for what energy you allow to be brought into your space. Be yourself and don't give the power over your self-esteem to anyone else. I'd like to wrap up with a quote from Lisa Sasevich's dad, okay? Don't change your act, change your audience. If you get feedback and really truthfully it doesn't fit, that person probably isn't meant to be in your audience. Don't change who you are. Don't change your act. Let them go. So here's a roundup of the resources that come with this episode, because I know this can be quite deep stuff for some of us. You'll find them at clareyosa.com, C-L-A-R-E-J-O-S-A.com, forward slash podcast, forward slash 036. So, Dare to Dream Bigger Handbook, page 196, step three, incredibility. There is a five-point action plan on how to handle your fear of haters and trolls. If you've not got Dare to Dream Bigger yet, you can find it in the big bookstore in the sky or order it from your local bookshop or buy it direct from me. There's also a video on how to handle energy vampires without resorting to steaks and garlic, okay? (laughs) There's that cheat sheet I mentioned, five questions you can ask your clients to get feedback that makes you and them feel great. There's also a training I do, a free training on emotional freedom technique, tapping, which is a fantastic way of clearing out the pain and blocked stuckness when we've had feedback that hurts or just doesn't fit and we've been dragged through somebody else's drama. There's a meditation for you on cutting the ties with someone if you need to reclaim your energy. And there's also a link to Alison Jones's podcast interview with Seth Godin and the Limiting Beliefs course I mentioned. So I hope that's helped today. There's a lot there for you if you need it. In fact, that's quite a good list. That'll keep you busy most of the week. If you found this useful, please share it far and wide. Yeah, help me to keep this podcast, Dare to Dream Bigger, advert-free, the way you want it to be, by giving it a lovely review on iTunes, sharing it in business and entrepreneurial groups that you're part of, and come over to the show notes. Let me know via the comments. What resonated with you today? Have you ever been on the receiving end of feedback that simply didn't fit? And how might you handle it differently now you know what you know? What actions might you take? And do you have any advice you'd like to share with our listeners on how to handle feedback in a way that doesn't shatter your self-esteem? I'd love to hear from you back next week with the next instalment. Please subscribe via iTunes if you enjoyed this. And let me know if you've got a question or a topic you'd love me to cover on a future episode. You can get in touch via my website. That's clareyosa.com forward slash contact hyphen Claire. And I'd love to hear from you. I do read and reply to as many of the emails as I can. Hope you have a fantastic week. (laughs) 